Welcome to another episode of the Replant Bootcamp Podcast, the Boots on the Ground podcast for replanters by replanters with your host, Bob Bickford and Jimbo Stewart. Here in the trenches with you doing the gritty and glorious work of replanting dying churches. This podcast is sponsored by 180 Digital, the church website and branding partner you need to help move your church forward. Here we are back at the boot camp, Bob. Well, here we are back at it again. I hope you're ready for the next episode. Uh, I was thinking about it as as we continue this series. This is the third week in a series of things we've done on Maxims and Scorecards. This particular episode comes out the week prior to the Southern Baptist Convention, if I've looked at my calendar correctly. So there are a few points of order I'd like to bring <laughs> to the floor as we begin this episode one food recommendations yes uh, here we go bob i don't have time to give you all of my food recommendations here are a couple of guiding factors i'd like to bring to the floor as a motion to you in this conversation about food in new orleans one it'll change your life it's the most amazing food city on the planet and if you think otherwise i don't know that we can be friends Couple of things you have to try if you're if you're new to New Orleans area and cuisine, just as kind of a touristy thing, and they're great. You got to try some beignets. You got to eat beignets. I have some tips on how to get the best beignets. One is don't go downtown. That line yeah. is going to be insanely long, and they're going to be in a paper bag. Go to City Park. Uh, it's a little bit of a drive, in the, or an Uber drive, Uber ride if you didn't bring a car, but it's a much better view. The city park is gorgeous, and it's a lot shorter line. There's another Café du Monde out in Metairie, even, if you wanted to go to that. There are other Café du Mans that are real beignets, and if you're going to get a beignet, if you're a coffee drinker, get a Café Olé with that, and even dip your beignet in the Café Olé. So for sake of time, my alma mater, my favorite Southern Baptist Seminary, New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary, has a great list of recommendations for food. We'll put a link to that in the show notes. Highly recommend every restaurant on that list. And so enjoy them. If you want to hit me up, hit me up. And I'd love to, I would love to even just have a long conversation with you about food in New Orleans. It's one of my favorite topics. I love it. And I would say this. Here's a, here's a little tip for the for the first time beignet consumer. Okay, do not inhale while you are taking a bite. No, of the beignet because the powdered sugar will cause you to hack and choke. Yeah, and don't be a rookie and inhale with your uh, first bite of your beignet. Also, if it's your first time, probably don't wear black or dark colors. <laughs> like, <laughs> you're going to end up... Like, if you've never encountered a beignet before, I can tell you it's more powdered sugar than you think it is. Oh my gosh, it is. <laughs> <laughs> There's more to it than you think. So here's the other thing, other second point of order I'd like to bring to the conversation here is... If you are a boot camp listener and you're going to be at the Southern Baptist Convention, Bob and I would love to meet you. Please, if you see us, come up, talk to us. If you hear, typically what I found, Bob, is people don't recognize us because this is a podcast, so they don't see our face and recognize us. Although you could stalk us on social media and you could figure out what we look like. What I found is people hear your voice in particular and they'll go, Mine. Yeah, they'll, they'll go, man, I recognize that voice. Where do I know that voice from? <laughs> And it's it's Bob. And so if you hear our voices, you see our faces. And in particular, here's where we would love actually to take a selfie with you. And here's why. We're coming up really close on 200 episodes. And I would love to maybe even as we come up on 200 episodes, uh, just share 
some posts with with people that we meet along the way because we love it when we get to meet you guys out out there as we're we're traveling and so i'm hoping that we'll see plenty of you at the southern baptist convention agreed it is such a cool thing i was in lexington kentucky and met several guys that i'm friends with on facebook and they're podcast listeners and you know from time to time i've seen them comment and now we're facebook friends so it was really awesome to see see you guys and here's here's what i just want to say i mean we are regular dudes who just work in the world of church replanting and revitalization and so feel free to come on up and introduce yourself and i jimbo i was uh pretty I laughed a lot at the most recent, one of the most recent emails that, that you received or, yes. or communication pieces that you met. <laughs> a guy was asking us where, what kind of pants we wore and then what our cool shoes were. And so <laughs> I just want to say, not only can we help your church uh, and your leadership, we can also provide fashion advice. So if you just want to know what, what we're wearing, <laughs> happy to let you know. <laughs> Particularly when it comes to travel fashion. I think we've, we've hit like peak comfort strategy on on travel. Yes. So much so that Jimbo and I, we were flying from, I think it's our Detroit fiasco. Like when we, we were yes. going from Orleans to Detroit, I determined that I needed some more comfortable pants. And so I'm on Delta and I was ordering pants to be picked up at a, a store in Dallas. And that's one of the first things we did is. Well, yeah, so I don't know all this. He just says, hey, we're going to Target and I'm driving and uh, <laughs> or, oh, no, I'm, I'm manning the GPS. And so I just look up targets in general and he just goes, no, it has to be this target at this address. And I was like, why does it have to be this target? I, I mean, that one's not coming up. And then we get there and you were like, oh, I ordered some pants online. All you said was, we have to stop somewhere. We have to stop at Target and grab something. And I was like, what is it specifically just at Target? (laughs) And (laughs) like, why does it have to be Target? I mean, I like Target. That's fine. But then you were like, no, we're just going to pull up here. I ordered some pants online. I don't know why, but I thought that was hilarious (laughs) that that while we're on the plane, you ordered pants online. They're great pants. They're very comfortable. Just if you want to know, they're Wrangler brand, all terrain, I think is whether it's something like that. And there's some pretty, you know, professional looking slack type but they're like really comfortable really great pants yeah they got the side zip pocket so you can put the wallet or the passport down in there for their airport navigation and all that kind of stuff and jimbo as you're recounting this story it made me realize i give as much detail to you as i give my wife (laughs) (laughs) she's always like well you didn't say that you didn't think you did and i'm like in my mind, Jimbo, and maybe you do this, like I thought I've said all those things in no. my mind. But. No, you just said, we got to go to Target. And then it just escalated from there to a specific Target to, oh, I ordered pants online and they're going to bring them to the car. So it was uh, it was a good moment. Uh, hey, we've had a great conversation over the last two, really, I think I would include this summer episode we did kind of in this as a springboard into this conversation about Maxim's scorecards. When, when we are limited in our capacity, resources, people, all those things, how do we think about doing ministry in a way that is sustainable, that's not going to burn us out? That's going to get us moving towards our target and the mission that God has given us. And Bob has put a lot of this stuff together. It's been really good over the last few weeks. And so we're jumping into the last two 
of the seven maxims and scorecards. So before we do that, I just want to read the first ones uh, as a way of reminder. And then you're going to want to go back and listen to the last two episodes to get the first five. And then even the summer episode, if you haven't listened to those already, seven fundamental shifts for sustainable ministry. One, discerning and adapting versus doubling down and diving deep into discouragement. Two, leading paradigmatic change versus reinvigorating old programs. Three, empowering and equipping for ministry versus exhausting yourself doing ministry, being the only one doing everything. Last week, we talked about measuring actions versus counting results and scorecards and how do we figure out ways to measure input goals to move us towards and identify those and celebrate those. And then we also talked about funding. How do we think about the world we live in now and how economics are different than they have been historically for us in the North American church and how that all takes some approaches. So today we're going to hit the last two of the seven maxims and scorecards. I'm just going to go ahead and list both of them and then let's dive in. The first one is pursuing faithfulness versus chasing fruitfulness. And then last one is committing for the long haul versus considering call when things get difficult. Let's jump into pursuing faithfulness versus chasing fruitfulness. Yeah, man, this is a, this might be one of my favorite ones out of the seven. And this comes from first Corinthians three. I love what Paul says as he's talking about the division of ministry and the call of ministry and the fulfillment of that. Here's, here's what he says, starting in verse six, he says, I planted Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. He who plants and he who waters are one and each will receive his wages according to his labor. Right? So here's what Paul is saying. We each have a, a ministry role. And mine was to to proclaim the gospel, to plant the gospel. Apollos's responsibility was to water that. But ultimately, when you see growth happen, Jimbo, who is who's the one who causes the growth and yeah. makes that happen? Well, it's God, right? Yeah. So oftentimes we've heard, you know, man, well, that that pastor did an amazing job. He really grew that church. Well, he if, if he fulfilled his responsibility to either plant or water, God was the one ultimately who used that work to grow the church, right? So yeah. God is the one who gives the growth. And then it says everybody is the same. Like we're in unity here. Like if you're planting or you're watering, man, great job. You, you've been doing your work. We are workmen who work under the Lordship of Jesus Christ and the assignment that God gives. And so just be faithful in fulfilling your responsibilities in that assignment rather than chasing the fruit that we try to, you know, we, we try to get church growth and we chase whatever thing we think is going to give us church growth. And it, it ends up frustrating us. And what we end up doing is here's the key. We're neglecting the actual work that God has assigned us when we chase fruitfulness in some ways. Yeah. And I think that's what Jared Wilson said this in one of his books. He said, Christ isn't calling us to grow his church. He will do that. Mm. He's calling us to be faithful. Yeah. I think it's so important because the harvest is not up to us. Mm-hmm. And the well done, good and faithful servant that we're all hoping for is not going to come from our ability to produce fruit because none of us have any ability to produce fruit. We just don't. Right. We don't have that. Uh, a great analogy I've heard my wife use, even when she's talked with pastor's wives, and she'll say, hey, how do you grow a flower? Here are some seeds. And how do you grow a flower? Let's talk about yeah. how to do that. And then and then she'll say, well, all right, without the seeds, how do you grow a flower? Yeah. Well, you don't, right? <laughs> like, like we're limited in what we're able to do, and it's it's the Lord's church, and 
It's our job to be faithful. And yeah. man, there's so many times in the Bible where people do what they're supposed to do and it doesn't seem like what was supposed to happen happens. Like it just works an entirely different way. And God is always faithful, always faithful. But it seems like he's r- rarely pulls off stuff in the ways that we would think he's going to. Mm-hmm. Um, and there, we always have a temptation like Abraham and Sarah to take it into our own hands and and try to fulfill God's promises for him. And when we when we chase fruitfulness rather than faithfulness, we'll end up striking the rock. We'll be having our own child through the servant rather than through the way that God gave us. And mm-hmm. there's so many examples of this in Scripture where we think we're doing a good thing, but we're chasing it for the wrong reasons. We're trying to make it happen ourselves. And so much of this is to be dependent on the Lord. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so true, man. I think of uh, one of the things that reminds me of is one of my favorite NFL Hall of Fame speeches. And I didn't see the whole speech, but I saw a, a portion of it. And Jimbo, you know that I'm a long-suffering and extremely regularly disappointed Dallas Cowboys fan. <laughs> it just we, you know, I as soon as we don't convert a fourth, like a third and short the very first third and short conversion that we miss at the very first game of the real season, I'm already calling the Cowboys out of the Super Bowl. Yeah. I'm saying that the season is over. And and I found great joy in doing that. I just, I was, how fast <laughs> can I do it? Back in the day when they were good, they had a running back named Emmett Smith and who's phenomenal, but they also had a fullback that a lot of people have forgotten about. And the fullback's job was to block for Emmett. And when they would get into a scoring situation, if Emmett was going to get the ball, there was a guy who would block for him. The guy's name was uh, Daryl Johnston, and they called him Moose, right? And so Emmett's receiving his Hall of Fame induction, and one of the things he says with tears in his eyes, I could not have done it if it were not for Daryl Johnston, mm. right? And Daryl Johnston, if you know anything about him, and the sacrifices that he made on the football field have, have walked with him to this day. Like he is just physically, he's like just a wreck, like most NFL football players are, but even more so because he just was – unbelievably, you know, sacrificial in, in the way he would hit through the hole and block for Emmett. Yeah. Emmett would dance into the end zone and all that kind of stuff. Well, I think Jimbo replanters are like the Daryl Johnstons, right? Yeah. Like there's so much sacrifice and here's, I mean, I, I bet there's a replanter or two that's listening to us today that nobody really knows. That's probably scraping together, you know, resources to provide for his family and he's doing so because he feels like God's called him to do that. And he's being faithful. Yeah. And yeah. and he's creating, he's sowing that seed. He's watering it. He's maybe even he's plowing ground before you you plant the seed. And I just want to say, man, just be faithful in the role and with the gifting God's given you and let God sort out the fruitfulness. Yeah. And there's a lot of things that you're never going to see right now that you'll only see way down the road. But the fruit is God's job. The harvest is God's job. Be faithful in the role that he's called you to play. Mm, That's such a good word. I think, man, that's maybe one of the most important of the seven maxims that you've listed here. Moving to the seventh one, committing for the long haul versus considering a call when things get difficult. Yeah, man. Jimbo, I don't know about you, but in those first three years of replant, um, I would I would experience something very difficult and I would think, I think I've made a big mistake. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I would think, is it time to look at the job offerings board somewhere else? It, should I pick up the quick trip application and make application to be a manager here? Yeah. Like, I mean, just all those sorts of things. And, yeah. and that's what we have a tendency to do when things get hard. And, and what I realized is through all of that, 
I did not have a well-developed theology of pastoral suffering. Mm. And Clifton, you know, when I first met with Clifton the very first time, I asked him what I would experience in replanting. And he said, you'll, you'll experience significant spiritual attack and deep, dark depression. Well, Jimbo, I didn't want to hear that. Like, I want to hear, you know, an endorsement of my strategy or, yeah, you're doing the right things. Keep on going. It's going to be hard, but just, you know, you'll make it. But I think what I learned along the way is that God is doing something in me and on me and around me before he's going to work through me. Mm, yeah. And and that's part of things that that I don't think I picked that up in Bible college or seminary. Yeah. No, I think it's, it's such an important thing. It's one of those that me and my wife will talk about how we really thought God was sending us to this replant so that we could save it mm-hmm. and we could be the answer. And mm-hmm. what we didn't know is that God was really using this replant to save us to, and I'm not talking salvific, but I'm talking like our sanctification. I felt like it was sanctification boot camp. Like, uh, like <laughs> that's a new podcast. Yeah, sanctification boot camp. There we go. That's our discipleship podcast. Yes. Go ahead and trademark it, man. It was it was sanctification boot camp for me. It was like I, I grew in ways there that you can't grow in good times. I mean, I, I grew in my maturity and my understanding of my role in ministry, of the of my role in my relationship with the Lord in ways that you just can't. I don't know that you can grow in those ways when things are going great. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I love what you said. I mean, you got to have such a good theology of pastoral suffering and and perspective on 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 how this is not new, nor is your suffering the worst you know, I think we have a tendency to kind of be like Elijah right after he, you know, he defeated all the prophets of Baal. And then he goes and runs and hides in the mountain because somebody's mad at him. And, you know, we're like, oh, I'm the only one. There's no one else going through what I'm going through. You know, God's like, no, I actually have thousands of people <laughs> going through what you're going through. And, and so, you know, for me, honestly, what helped me with perspective was reading about Bonhoeffer's life reading some Nick Ripkin, Insanity of God and Insanity of Obedience, um, and, you know, things like that that give you perspective of persecuted believers. And, you know, it, it makes the the bad business meeting seem a little less horrible and catastrophic when you start to read what others have gone through historically in the faith. Absolutely. Our good friend Brian Croft, when he talks about his story at Auburndale, he mentions a significant verse that helped form his perspective on this theology of pastoral suffering. And he points to first uh, Corinthians 16. Here's what he says, Paul, Paul writing again, Paul was a guy who suffered a lot uh, because of the ministry God called him to, to fulfill. So Paul writes and he says, I do not, uh, for I do not want to see you now just in passing. I hope to spend some of my time with you if the Lord permits, but I will stay in Ephesus until Pentecost for a wide door of effective work has opened for me. And there are many adversaries, mm. right? This is his greeting, you know, kind of his benediction. And we t- typically kind of zoom through this and we miss this passage that he's basically saying to us, and it's recorded in uh, biblical history here. Oftentimes when effective ministry is about to take place, there are a lot of adversaries and there's going to be a lot of struggle. And so I think that I learned that experientially at our replant, when things got weird and crazy and wacky, and when we, there was a lot of conflict in our body, what it meant was not it was not time to not leave. It was time it was not time to leave, but it was time to realize that there's effective work going on here as the Lord is is maturing all of us and calling us to walk with Him in as a church family. 
And so there, there, we've talked about this before. You can suffer consequences and struggles because you do stupid things. Like mm-hmm. we're not talking about that. What we're talking about here is when you seek to, to fulfill the vision that the Lord has given your, your local body, your local church, and be obedient to scripture. Sometimes you're going to come into adversaries uh, who, who don't want that to happen. And ultimately, Satan, our ultimate adversary, who doesn't want that to happen. Because if the church has continued to be dysfunctional and in decline, it's not going to be an effective church for the kingdom of God. Mm. And so he's going to throw everything he can at the replanter and then at the church to keep that from happening. Yeah. My sister, who um, had a brain tumor discovered last year and had a major seizure and had to go under major brain surgery and has had a lot of lasting effects from that brain surgery I was texting me and my wife the other day uh, a book that she just started reading called this too shall last by kj mm. ramsey wow called the subtitles finding grace when suffering lingers and it's written by somebody with an autoimmune autoimmune disorder that's suffering a lot in their life and it's it's not going to be cured it's you know on this side of glory and the quote she texted me was the seemingly impossible task of enduring suffering and rejoicing in it is born in the impossible reality that God became human. Mm. The implausibility of having joy in a body with an incurable disease is made possible by God in a body. The possible possibility of hope in your despair is alive here as close as your breath because of Jesus, the sound of love is human. Um, and he is with you in that suffering. And the suffering is not wasted. It's not wasted time. It's not. And, and this is, again, just to go back to, I want to echo this one back to the pursuing faithfulness rather than fruitfulness. Mm-hmm. If we are only focused on our ability to produce fruit, uh, then that suffering feels like a big waste of time. Like it feels really unproductive. Mm-hmm. But when we're focused on faithfulness and just doing what God has called us to do and being faithful and stewarding well the opportunities he's given us, uh, then in that you have the possibility of seeing the point of the suffering in the midst of the suffering. And you can live out James chapter one of taking joy in that trial because God's doing something. You may not know what it is, but he's doing something. I had that conversation with a discouraged pastor the other day. He's not the lead pastor, but he's, he's in a hard situation at another church. And we were talking about the hard stuff. And I said, listen, God is up to something. He's doing something. And he's like, it doesn't feel like he's doing anything. And I said, I promise you, he's doing something. And mm-hmm. I think what you need to do is figure out what that is and what he has for you and be faithful in it. Good word. Hey, pastors, replanters, revitalizers, we care about you guys. And if it's hard right now, and you just like some brothers to walk with you and pray for you, man, reach out, um, send us an email, drop us a voicemail, and uh, let us know how we can can be praying for you and encourage you. Absolutely. Hey, and if you're at the Southern Baptist Convention next week, come by, say hey to us, watch for our social media. We may post where we're at and yeah. or, or, or not, but we'll see. <laughs> and I will just say this, we'll be at the NAM booth because Jimbo, you and I both work for the North American Mission This Board. is true. Yeah. You can and come so, by there and ask for us yeah. if we're not if there. You, uh, and then, you know, we love to see you.
Thank you for listening to this episode of the Replant Bootcamp Podcast, a resource for replanters by replanters. If you enjoyed this episode or found it to be helpful for you and your ministry, please help us get the word out by subscribing, sharing, and leaving us a review on your favorite podcast listening platform. This podcast is sponsored by 180 Digital. 180 Digital is a team of design, development, and marketing experts that love working with churches big and small. Check out 180.church, O-N-E-E-I-G-H-T-Y.church to learn more about how 180 can help your church move forward.